Welcome to ATR Around the Rape, the hottest podcast around the world. Back today by special request. We have a man, the myth, the legend, special K, Caden Jarvis. How are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. It just got a lot hotter in here, man. This podcast just got a lot better. I don't think we've ever been so hot as when you're on the podcast. Well, that's just what I do. I, I, I try to make every room I go into just a little bit warmer. You like up our cool, our cool ratio by a couple. Yeah. And then I open my mouth and it goes down by a few more. That's right. Well, Caden, thanks for joining us in the intro. We got a special uh, interview coming up with the Martinick family. I don't even know how many of them we interviewed, but there was a lot of them. Uh, we talk everything from hockey to what they're doing now. So that's a pretty special interview that we have coming up for everybody. Uh, the Martinics have been a part of the Ring family for seems like a decade now. So we'll get to that interview in a second. Let's start with a little bit of a shout out or a shout out to everybody. The Rink is apparently coming back, baby. We're back. We're back. So today uh, it was announced that, uh, you know, gyms and indoor rinks and restaurants, everyone's back up and running at 25% capacity uh, starting as soon as Friday, February 12th. So uh, the rink is back. We're going to be uh, doing some one-on-ones on weekends to start. So if you are interested in looking for some ice time, you can always contact Caden Jarvis at the rink. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous. Are you nervous to get back on the ice? No. No, of course not. Not one you're bit. cool, calm, and collected. You know what? I feel like I've been off the ice for so long. Like, yeah. you and me talk regularly. We go, we go hit the ODR and everything like that. So I'm not worried about the body. I might, listen, is the body going to break down a bit? 100%. Absolutely. You know, I'm getting old in my age here. So <laughs> I can't do what I used to be able to do uh, for as long. But mentally, I'm ready to go, man. It's Christmas morning for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to finally get back on the ice, but a little bit nervous. Not going to lie. It's kind of like, you know, your, your, first, your first junior game. You're, you're in yeah. the tunnel, kind of palms are sweaty, knees are weak, arms <laughs> maybe a little bit heavy. Maybe, you know, you ate a little bit of mom's spaghetti. Spaghetti pregame, of course, pass yeah. it. On the surface, you're calm and ready to drop bombs. Yep. Anyways, uh, enough with the Eminem lyrics, but I love it. Um, one thing that we want to talk about is we're just going to give a little bit of a shout out to some ring trained athletes. Uh, we're going to try to make this a regular occurrence, but again, uh, when there's really no hockey going on, it's kind of tough to give shout outs, but uh, a couple ring trained athletes that have had some success recently, your brother, Seth Jarvis, two goals, one assist in his first three AHL games. Is that good, Caden, when you do that? Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Let's not pump his tires too much though. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, but he had a, he had an end-to-end rush goal. I mean, come on. I'm still the best brother. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm sure I had a couple of those back in my day. Maybe not in the AHL, but back in house league. He's off to a, a tremendous start, so excited to see that for him. Uh, Cody Glass back in the lineup with the Vegas Knights. He's got, in his last two games, one goal and one assist. So, He's back and looks really good at a beautiful no-look uh, cross-ice pass for a goal the other night, which was pretty impressive. Uh, what are we thinking about Glasser? 
I always loved watching him play. Even like when, uh, when he was younger in Portland, just the way he could see the ice, he would dominate such a smooth skater. Um, he was always one of my favorites to watch. So now playing in Vegas, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to see him having that success that we all knew he would. Yeah, for anybody that hasn't watched Cody Glass play, uh, if you get a chance to tune in, one thing I love, and you talked about it in Portland, his vision is next level, and nothing better. I think it's his bread and butter. It's his no-look pass across ices. And you, we talked about it when he was on the podcast, the one he gave in the uh, World Junior uh, game there when the stick broke. Uh, but he just makes it look so easy. And the vision on this guy, we're going to have years and years of highlight uh, reels to watch from him. Uh, another rink uh, train client, Carson Lambos. He played, made his first pro debut in Finland with the JYP men's team. Uh, you've worked with Carson. I've worked with Carson. Uh, what Are we pumped or what? We're through the roof for the guy. I haven't, uh, I ha like, it's tough to, it might be tough to catch some of these games just with the time difference, but I haven't seen um, any full games, but I've seen some highlights and a couple of shifts, and he's fitting in phenomenally. He doesn't look like he missed a step. Um, obviously, as a, as a 17, 17-year-old in a men's league, it, it's going to be tough, but um, he, looks, he looks phenomenal out there. He looks smooth. Um, you know, he's not trying to do too much, um, making plays, which is, which is awesome to see. Yeah, we're really excited for Carson. Like you said, uh, pretty impressed when a 17-year-old can go and play in a men's league and not look out of place. So congrats to Carson on that, and we look forward to watching him in his career as well. Last shout-out we're going to give is to long-term clients, Joey and David Bielik. Uh, these guys, I mean... They're your boys. They're my boys. They've been around the rink for oh, over a decade, uh, seen them since they were little guys. They finally... Uh, they signed with the Oil Capitals in Verdon uh, this That's week. Awesome. So super excited to see those guys. All their hard work has paid off. So we thought we'd give them a shout out on the podcast as well. Uh, okay, so last podcast, uh, you weren't here, obviously, Caden, but Chewy and myself uh, have a new thing where we predict hockey games just to show everybody uh, how unbelievably bad we are at it. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help gamblers, okay? Whatever I say, people, do the opposite unless I'm talking about the Jets. Okay, fair enough. You can make a lot of money. I might even get some people to make some bets on my behalf. 100%. Okay, because if I bet on them, they always lose. Here we go. Last week's <laughs> predictions, I believe Chewy was one in three. Okay. So, I mean, that's about right. That's par for the course. And, yeah. well, I was zero for three. So, that's dead on par for the course. So, it's not a very high bar that I have to set here. No. No. Okay. It's almost laughable. Like, okay. I'm hoping – it's like the playoffs? I just hope <laughs> I win a game here. Right? Fair enough. So, tonight's games, we got the Oilers versus the Senators. And we got finally the finale of this four-game stretch, <laughs> Jets versus the Flames. Caden, who do you like Oilers sends? Uh, Oilers sends, I'm, I'm probably going to take Oilers in that one. Um, I, I think, though, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I hope at least, because that's the only way I'll watch it. Um, so I'll take Oilers in that one. And then what was the second one you said? Uh, Jets, Flames. Jets, Flames. Mm, that one's going to be a tough one. Um, in Calgary. In Calgary. Home ice, the Red Sea. Yeah. I'm going to go Flames just because I have Markstrom in my pool, so I hope he shuts out the Jets. 
Okay, see, that's why I'm not in pools for comments like that. Can't root <laughs> against the, I can't root against the home team just so my, you know, my fantasy team does well, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I okay. need any help I can get here. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Markstrom and Ned, he's a pretty good goaltender. He's got to be getting you some points. He's my leading point getter, I think. I bet. When, Zabin, when Zabinijad was my first, like, I picked him in the first round, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he has two assists this year. It's not. You may good. have. You may have gone in a little early on Sabinajad there. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, you know, good. you saw yeah. huge point totals at the end of last season. Um, some might have called that a hot streak. Yep. Right? Luck. Yep. Do you take him in the first round? I say you wait on a guy like him till the third or fourth round, personally. Yeah. But For sure. you know, live and learn, right? Exactly. Know so what not so, to do now. For my picks, Oilers, Sens, I'm going to go Sens straight up. People are like, Jared, you're crazy. They're due. It's going to happen. As, well, as long as you can keep Connor McDavid off the ice, they're getting the win. Okay, yes. so I'm going Sens, and obviously we know who I'm taking, Jets, Flames. We're going Jets. We got Pierre-Luc Dubois making his debut oh, tonight. Pretty I forgot excited. about did that. See, oh, did you see the line they have him starting on? No, who's he? Who's he is he with? on. He's starting the lineup starting for tonight with Pierre Luc Dubois. He's got um, Connor as well as Trevor Lewis. Okay, wow. So Paul Maurice shaking it up a bit. He's kind of putting a little bit of everything on that line. Yeah, I was just about to say that's a that's a pretty big mix-up. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm excited yeah. for Trevor Lewis. Hundred <laughs> percent. Give him a shot. Right. Yeah, man. I just hope he, you know, I hope he performs at that high level so he doesn't get taken off that line after the first period. Absolutely. Okay, well, should we get to the interview here, Caden? All right, let's drop the puck. On today's podcast, we have one of the original rink families. All three trained at the rink, and some still work for us, so it's pretty exciting. We have Brett Martinick of the Tri-City Americans slash Regina Pats. He also played for the Blues. He is now program coordinator with Rink Goalie Development. We also have his younger brother on, Troy Martinick. He's played with Winkler, Dauphin, Brooks. He's still playing with Minot State, so we're excited to have him on. And, well, the talented one of the family, Larissa Martinick, uh, played with Balmoral Hall, Shaftesbury. She also played four years in Syracuse with the Orange. Played 141 NCAA games, and she is a performance coach up at Testify Performance. So we're excited to have the whole Martinick crew in today. Welcome to the podcast, the Martinicks. Oh, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, worth the wait getting us on this podcast. So, all right, well, let's start with kind of how you guys became part of the Rink family. Who was the first one to walk in the doors and kind of take us through that? Who was the first one to come to the Rink? Uh, I guess. Not exactly the rink, but I met Ryan Sear back when I was younger, uh, before he even moved to Winnipeg to start the rink at that time. So maybe me. But, Did you ask him for his autograph? <laughs> no, he uh, he seeked me out at the camp and asked what some good restaurants in Winnipeg were. So might have been me, but I think Troy was probably uh, the first one to actually train at the rink. Yeah, I was training there pretty early on in my career with Ryan there. So I think I might've been the first one. So I got the edge there. Okay. So Troy, you were the first, when did Larissa start training with us? I would say, I don't even know. 
definitely like around 2010-ish. Okay, so Troy was the first, and then Larissa, you came after Troy, I imagine? I think that's, yeah, that might be the order there. And then Brett, you started working. When did you start working with the rink, Brett? Uh, I started working back uh, summer 2011. It's quite some time. Kind of started first time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I said, talking about raises, uh, Brett probably deserves one. We're going to have to talk to, I don't know, John. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't work that hard. <laughs> he's going to get his gold watch right away after his tenure. Well, we got to start discussing those uh, perks. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of talk about, uh, you know, growing up in a house full of hockey. we got two goaltenders, one player. Uh, kind of a weird dynamic, I'd imagine. But what was it like growing up in the Martinick household? Uh, I'd say competitive <laughs> is a polite, polite way to put it. That's one word for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but very uh, hockey, hockey driven. Yeah, uh, hockey driven for sure. Um, I mean, we all love it, so uh, it's pretty good for that way. We were always around the rink growing up and stuff like that. I was always at the rink for uh, my older siblings. Um, it's nice at home, you know. We got some competitive mini stick tournaments in stuff like that. Uh, the outdoor rink in our backyard was always a huge perk every winter, stuff like that. So, yeah, I would say. Very competitive. Um, I think that's kind of the main thing there. Um, but it was just a lot of fun, I guess. Something we could bond over, like mini sticks in the basement, like Troy said, and uh, the backyard rink. Uh, just something that we really liked doing and something we bonded over. So how did you? How did two goaltenders come out of the same family and one player? How did all this uh, like transpire? Uh, well, I guess for me, I just was not a good skater or forward <laughs> right from five and six-year-old hockey. So uh, I think I was destined to be a goalie right from right from day one, basically. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was a pretty – I was all right forward growing up. And then uh, I think it was just seeing my brother, and he got all his custom pads, and that was something I wanted. I love the custom pads, so uh, – yeah, I made the switch, not solely because of the equipment, but just fell in love with keeping the puck out of the net. Troy, what uh, what age did you switch to goalie? Um, I switched when I was, I think, nine or ten. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty late. I think one of my first years, I played uh, age advanced to double A. So. Yeah, Larissa, how did you not become a goalie? Um, my dad was a defenseman, and I kind of started following that, but. Obviously, seeing Brett as a goalie, you kind of look up to your older sibling. And then Troy kind of putting the question in my dad's ear as well. Wanting to be going, like, well, maybe I should be too. But uh, I just didn't <laughs> that, have it. That got and shut down. Everyone knows Amanda Schubert. Uh, my dad said I wouldn't make it over her, so. <laughs> I don't think there are many people you would make it over. <laughs> I think she uh, strapped on the pads once, though. I think your dad would have had to get another job if Larissa would have been a goaltender, three goaltenders. That's uh, quite the price tag, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's one of the downsides of the position. So let's kind of look at your family. Like, you kind of touched on your dad being a defenseman. Um, was hockey, like, big in your family? Like, did you have uncles and aunts? And was your dad a high-end hockey player? How did hockey kind of catch the Martinics? Uh, I guess for for me, the day I was born, I guess the first thing my dad did was went and bought a hockey stick. 
So uh, <laughs> that's, I guess, how I got into it. I didn't know that. But uh, we also have uh, a second cousin that was a goalie on Bombers back in the day and was drafted fifth overall by the Montreal Canadiens, I think, in 1970. So it ran through the family quite a bit. What was his name? Uh, Ray Martinuk. Ray Martinuk. You told me earlier a kind of a funny story on, on kind of how his career came to an end. Why don't you share that story with us? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> he uh, never actually got to the NHL. He was kind of playing in the minors behind Ken Dryden, which pretty big name. So uh, bounced around in the minors for his career. And uh, finally, I think his last year, they lost in the finals. And uh, he was kind of done with it all so he told the bus driver got off the bus and threw all his equipment one by one into the lake and said he was done <laughs> that's awesome that's the same way my career came to an end <laughs> bullies are pretty normal so yeah is that how you're gonna end your career troy oh most definitely <laughs> just kidding i don't think i can do that uh just because the equipment costs so much nowadays <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I've seen your masks. You don't want to throw any of those away. You want to keep those for, oh, no. for later yeah. on. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, guys. So why don't we go through some things? Like, what are some things you'd each kind of pass on to younger players about, you know, off-season training or skill development, things that you worked on in the past uh, that would help some of the younger players listening to the podcast? We'll start with Troy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just at the end of the day, you got to find it from within you. You can, you can be there training every day, but you can kind of be going through the motions if you're not fully there, stuff like that. So make sure you're prepared, like make sure you're taking care of your body in the summer and stuff like that. So uh, when you're there, you're giving your, uh, giving your all. I think for me too, uh, especially the goaltending position, I like to talk a lot on the mental side of it. Um, for goalies like your skills don't disappear overnight so you can tell when a guy has an off night that's usually usually something mental or focus based so just try to help goalies out that way and let them know it's okay to be nervous before a game and just how to handle situations in a game if things aren't going the way you want it to go i would say what helped me was just kind of finding a routine and kind of finding balance in my life um so in the summer kind of doing my skill development with John and then having my routine in the gym and then going home and kind of either doing shooting pucks at home or even just taking complete time off. Like you need to find that good balance. I find if you're kind of drilling it too hard, sometimes you lose that love for it. So if you kind of come to the rank wanting more, that kind of thing. So I think a big thing is balance between the on ice, the off ice, and then just life in general. For each of you uh, growing up, was there a role model, like a hockey player, a goaltender, a player that you guys looked up to and maybe just uh, tell us why, Brett? Uh, for me, I guess the main one would be our parents, um, just how much they've supported us and um, going through that, like as we get, have gotten older, realizing the sacrifices they did for us. Um, I can't even imagine that. So that would be one. And uh, for me personally, it would also be uh, Ed Belfour was uh, my favorite goalie growing up. So tried to model a lot of my game back in the day after him. Troy? 
Uh, yeah, most definitely for sure. My parents, um, like Brett touched on, uh, I think that's motivation in everyday life, just making sure, you know, um, but as far as a hockey standpoint, I got to go with Carey Price for sure. I think he's the best goalie to ever put on the pad. So, uh, yeah, he's someone I still look at every day and, uh, you know, just take little pieces from him, his game, maybe add it to mine, see stuff I can work on because I see him working on it, you know. Of course, parents sacrifice having all three kids in hockey, like both both of them touched on. Um, but for me, I think I used to always do the Sammy Joe small camps. And so like her, uh, Jennifer Botterill was like a big one. I always looked up at she was always there. They brought their medals. I always thought it was so cool. So kind of them and Wickenheiser, obviously. So those were kind of who I just looked up to as just female hockey players in general and just just thought it was the coolest thing. So we know that you guys played mini sticks. We know that you guys played road hockey. Okay. We know that Larissa tried to take her skate off and cut Brett. Uh, we know these things, right? What are some other sports that you guys played or were you guys all just hockey players full time? Or did you guys play some other sports in the off season? Let's start with Larissa. I will say that when we did do road hockey, they wanted me to be the goalie. Yeah. And so they want to shoot on me, but uh, kind of did a little bit of, honestly, I used to dance. I used Ukrainian dancing. Um, kind of stopped that early on. Uh, I used to horseback ride. Is there any YouTube video of Ukrainian dancing anywhere? <laughs> no. They're all deleted. Yeah. They're all deleted. That's a <laughs> That's a secret file. Um, used to horseback ride, uh, played baseball, that kind of thing. But yeah, hockey was definitely a main thing. Kids go with Troy now? Uh, you know, it's kind of hard for me to name a sport that I didn't play growing up, like, and still play. Big golfer, played junior baseball, played high school basketball, volleyball, badminton. Okay. Kind of like a jack of all trades. I was just a master of none of them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I played basically every sport growing up, or and still do. So yeah, a lot awesome. of fun for me. <laughs> yeah, Brett, how about you? Uh, I was a little more simple baseball off the start, but we moved across the city to St. James, and they were still in T-ball, which I was having no part of. So that kind of ended quickly. Um, golf was the other big one every off season. And at one point, I was almost looking into Ukrainian dancing as well. But then I found out you had to dance with girls. And I ended that very quickly. So <laughs> hockey was the, uh, the main one for me. Man, I would have I done anything to see a tandem <laughs> duet between Larissa and Brett as Ukrainian dancers. That would be off the hook. I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> it's like you learn something new every day. Like I had no idea. It's like a secret talent that Brett and uh, Larissa were, were Ukrainian dancers. I can't wait to see this. Like, yeah, no, I, I was told uh, strictly goaltending. It would help with flexibility. So all the splits and kicks and all that. But uh, yeah, once uh, that, the girls came into the picture, it was nope, not going to do it. Are you shy, Brett? Next time I run to you guys on a dance floor, you know what I'm going to be asking to see, right? Yeah, Rasputin better be on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's go with Troy here. Troy, just because you kind of played the most sports, did you find that playing other sports in the offseason helped you as a goalie? 
Oh, most definitely. I think, um, well, growing up for baseball, I was a catcher as well. I don't know if that's just because I was a goalie, so they thought I'd be the best at the position. But um, I think most definitely just helped with my hand-eye. Uh, and you know what? It's, it kept me away from hockey a little bit at a time that I didn't overdo it. And I still loved hockey because I'd get to go back to it after the baseball season, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I ended up taking a few years off to focus on hockey. And then I came back to it in junior, and I played junior hockey and junior baseball. So, like, yeah, it was a lot of fun for me. Okay, well, let's go through the panel here real quick and, and kind of go through a highlight of your hockey career. I know that you guys all played high-level hockey. Troy, you're still playing at an elite level. Um, maybe share with everybody a story from your hockey career uh, that you hold dear to your heart. Let's start with uh, Brett. Uh, it's kind of a bittersweet memory, but uh, the year I played for the Thrashers, we had a crazy season. We went undefeated in the season, undefeated in playoffs, uh, went to the Westerns, ended up winning that in double overtime against Notre Dame, and then uh, went to TELUS Cup and unfortunately lost in the finals. So it's uh, tough for me to even bring up right now, but uh, that's still a memory that I'm getting over, but I think in the future it'll be something to really look back and cherish that year. Hold it dear to your heart. Yeah, exactly. Nice. All right, Troy. Uh, I got to say this one for me. Um, when I was 16, after my Thrasher's season, I got called up to Dauphin. They were hosting Westerns. Um, and uh, I was dressing most of the games there. I think one of the goalies was injured. And then, so we're in the final game. Winner goes to the RBC. We're playing Spruce Grove, and the starter gets hurt about five minutes in. I uh, came in. I remember my dad told me after he was uh, – he was making this one turn after Portage to head the Dolphin to pick me up after the game. And, uh, and he hears on the radio, and, here, and in comes this Martin kid for his first junior game. Uh, we ended up winning the game 3-2. Played really well. Um, I was, went into the coach's office after uh, saying, all right, I'm going home with my dad. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? You're our starting goalie, and we got RBC to leave for in three days. Wow. So, but I was like, I got math class in the morning. but. Uh, yeah, so I got to go to RBC that year. Uh, it was it's a great memory. I'll hold that one dear to my heart for there sure. There you go. That's an awesome story. Larissa? Um, I think mine would be my freshman year at Syracuse. Um, we were playing Vermont. We were in Vermont, too. And I don't know. My dad always just tells me to shoot. Uh, like, I don't know what it is, but I'm definitely a pass-first type person. And... Even my grandpa will tell me, move in and shoot. But uh, I like to dish it off on the blue line and give to someone else. But this one time, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was overtime or just late in the third, and get a pass across from my D partner. And I just take a one-timer and it goes bar down. And we end up winning that. So it was a really good feeling early on in my freshman career. And Brett even got a video of it. It's on his Instagram somewhere. <laughs> Um, but that's, that was a highlight for me, for sure, just kind of going in my first year. And obviously, you have to prove yourself when you get in there. So, yeah, that's mine. Um, for all three of you, you've gone different routes in your hockey careers, uh, played in different leagues. But what was the, like, the decision process for you guys when you guys had to make a decision whether to go, like uh, Troy, you just talked about playing, going to the MJ. 
uh, Brett, about you going to the WHL, Larissa, about you going to NCAA? Like, what was that decision process for all you guys? Uh, Larissa, you want to start? Yeah, um, obviously, the female game is expanding now, which is awesome. Um, but I find, because there is no kind of junior hockey or kind of the route that the guys have that I knew I wanted to keep playing after high school. So my thought was, why not get a scholarship for it and kind of make it easier on my parents and all the money that they've spent on us over the years. So I knew early on um, that I wanted to go. And so I made the switch in grade 10 to go to Balmoral Hall. And I went there for two years just because of the, the prep team. You get, uh, you get to travel and expose yourself to lots of scouts and schools. So went there. And then in my grade 12 year, I went to Shaftesbury. Um, it was just a change that a bunch of us wanted. So went there and that's kind of where I committed. I was technically a late commit, committing in my grade 12 year. But um, yeah, I knew right off the start it was something I wanted. So made the change in high school to kind of get myself there. Troy, how about your uh, career road? Uh, well, growing up younger, like me and my brother, we, we were big fans of the dub and stuff like that. And that was my dream. And then um, when I first went into junior A, I kind of was thinking, all right, maybe NCAA can be a route for me, uh, something like that. So tried sticking with it, sticking with it. Um, ended up um, playing junior A the rest of my career and then uh, went to Carleton for a season. Um, kind of thought I was hanging up the skates and uh, retiring, but then I, I, I thought I owed it to myself to at least go and finish off my schooling and play a couple more years of hockey while I can. And yeah. Brett? Uh, for me, like compared to now, like I didn't know much about the NCAA at all. So uh, you knew about North Dakota, but you didn't know how to even get there. So for me, it was Western League or nothing. So that's kind of my decision uh, was pretty easy that way. Okay, so let's finish this up. We're just going to go through some rapid questions here. Uh, some are hockey related, some are family related, some are loaded. So you guys are going to love those questions. Um, all right, who won the most playing mini sticks as kids? Obviously, Brett. Brett yeah. cheated. And me being the youngest, I could do nothing about it. I hear you on that one. Yeah. He got the best dressing room. He got the best light show, the oh, best wow. warm-up song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went uh, yeah. pretty he was set up to win, game. so we went all out. there's no point. Yeah. We'd have – you scored, I'd run to the computer and click a play button and a goal horn <laughs> would go off. And, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> we had sponsors. Yeah, great. Print the out. logo in the middle of the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who cried the most as kids? <laughs> I know who they're going to say. Yeah. But it was Larissa. I just didn't like to lose. Yeah, we, we had to sign contracts to get Larissa to uh, well, continue playing because she would break down and cry and leave. And Oh, yeah. I, I usually quit before I got to that point. Nothing worse than when someone leaves the game. I, I had a kid that I used to play ball <laughs> hockey with, and whenever we'd score too many goals on him, he'd take his net and go home. And I'd be like, dude, we need your net, you know? <laughs> like, you can leave. I don't care if you leave, but can you leave your net? But every time, he'd put it on his shoulder, and he'd peace out, and we'd be like, 
we may have been yelling some things at him to, to leave. But anyways, Kate, who's the toughest one of the group? Uh, that'd be me. No, definitely sure. not. Uh, Larissa can probably punch the hardest. I know that for sure. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I'd say she's probably the toughest, to be honest with you. But I'm, I'm a close second. Yeah, I'd say Troy's a close second. So that means Brett's a softie. Oh, yeah. Big teddy bear. <laughs> I know. I'm desk mates with him, so I pick up on that vibe. <laughs> and he always has granola bars in he them to me. Um, <laughs> who got in trouble the most as kids? I'd say Larissa. Um, um, yeah, probably me. I could get Brent yeah. in trouble pretty quick, though. Yeah, I'd say Larissa as well. <laughs> Take someone down <laughs> with you. Often for nothing that I did. Who do your uh, who do your parents love the most? Uh, for this, I'll say they love us equally, but uh, I would definitely say Troy if it came down to it. I'm the youngest. I gotta get away with something. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Who's who's the smartest in school? Who had the mm -hmm. best academics? I know Troy didn't have the best hey. academics. Ah, <laughs> uh, Troy's actually very good at math, um, but Brett. Being the first child, a very goody good. So I think yeah, he kind of tried the hardest. I got some decent grades, but I really didn't study. So <clears throat> I could second that. I think Brett. Who who was the who was most likely to break the rules growing up? Well, Troy, but he didn't really have rules at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't break any rules then. So I'd say Larissa. Okay. You're going to love yeah. this one. Uh, who's getting married first? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. Um, I don't know. I, for my vote, I'm going to go with Larissa. But that's just – I don't know why Brett hasn't yet, so. <laughs> Hopefully guys listening to that one. We there was like a string of engagements going around the rink here. We thought that Marty might uh, like Brett or or Larissa actually. I had Larissa in the back. That one of you guys might just uh, follow the trend. No, you can't. You can't follow the trend. I think Brett's waiting for an Eric Church concert to do it. Like, yeah. Like, so. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure Larissa Larissa's given Ty no choice or anything any pretty soon. So <laughs> I'm gonna make him listen to this. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. We really appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your day and Troy for zooming in uh, for mine. But we really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing some stories about your family growing up. So thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. What a great interview. I, you know, like, not only are you talking to a like a hockey family but a hockey family that kind of grew up around the rink it's always fun sitting down with the martin crew and kind of uh listening to everybody's different kind of path that they came up through hockey yeah absolutely at one point i was wondering how many of them are there can we fit a couple like more how in many this? goalies are you guys producing over at the martin council exactly right but good hey and good goaltenders too like these guys weren't schmoes these guys, these guys weren't a bunch of schmohawks, right? These guys were yeah. legit tendies. Well, that's probably why Larissa was such a good goal scorer. She had so oh, many goalies to shoot sure. All her whole life. All she had yeah. was got, you know, they probably put two nets in the basement. She just yep. stood in the middle, 
she's gonna get dizzy. Like, who yeah. do you shoot on? 100%. But yeah, super cool. I mean, Larissa, 141 NCAA games, not too shabby. Um, all great careers by all of them. So it was awesome having them on. Um, we got to make this quick here, Jarv, because yep. Tay gave me a countdown of three minutes. So we got to we got to wrap wow. this up. But before we go, what are we doing with our hairstyle? Are we growing a mully right now? We we did. We um, we finally had enough. I had to get it trimmed up a little bit, um, but the sides were just getting too crazy. So I left the top and then the the back basically the same length, just trimmed up a little bit. And then I, uh, I shaved, not shaved, but I trimmed the sides pretty, pretty close to around the ears. So um, we've given up is what it's come to. Um, we're, we're bringing it back. And uh, I've wanted to do it for a while. And, and I thought now would be a good time. But now with everything opening up again, maybe it wasn't the greatest time. <laughs> Here's my question. Did you do it yourself? Uh, yes. I got bored one night. So I, I like had a, an electric razor. And I just tried it, and then I committed way too early. So then I had to do it, or else it would have been even worse than it is now. Well, here's the positives: no one would be able to tell that you did that by yourself. Phenomenal job! That's great. Right? You're killing yep. it there. So, like anybody looking for side haircuts, Caden Jarvis is your man. Yeah. Second straight thing mullets, is, though only mullets. Oh. Second thing, dude, when you're I saw you out on the ice the other day, and that hair, you're like. You're like Lafleur back in the day with his hair <laughs> blowing in the wind, dude. I you don't think sick. it's too much? I like, I got off the ice and I and I checked myself out with my helmet on, and it looked like it was too much. No, okay. First of all, okay. never say is it too much to a bald guy about hair, dude. That's it's never bad. too much. It looks amazing. <laughs> I would do anything, anything to feel hair on the back of my neck flowing in the wind. Like I'm growing out this beard right now, and hope it gets there. <laughs> oh. It's gross. It's next level bad. I saw a reflection the other day. I look like Jordy Ben. I look <laughs> like I've been living in the forest, right? Like the other day, I thought, I swear I saw a twig in there because I went for a hike. Like talk about bad. It's, this thing needs to be, yeah. maybe I'll get you to trim down the beard. I, I could probably, I could probably do that. I'll just trim the sides though. I, I probably won't be able to do that with the COVID protocols though. No. Yeah. Well, well, I could just attach it to my hockey stick. Yeah. From afar, try it. I think you got think good enough hands to do that. I think so. I might have I've found my new your, calling. Well, dude, I've seen your hands at the ODR. I think you could attach a razor to a stick and trim me up pretty good here. I think so. We might have to try it. Well, we're going to try it. Taylor. You're going to sign a waiver for You're going to videotape this, Taylor. So. <laughs> Keep a lookout for that on the website. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to wrap it up here. Caden, thank you for coming on today. Uh, it's always a blast kind of catching up with Caden. And like we, we always say, this guy's going to be on the podcast more and more moving forward. So Let's if go. you do find Caden to bring up the hot factor of the podcast, tune in more because he coming back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. Don't know what to say there. <laughs> yeah, neither. Uh, have a great day, Caden. <laughs> Taylor, no. Like a soundtrack.